Tazo es el chapo, tus hijos ya son sicarios Muérdete la lengua que hay 30 muertos en Veracruz Es todo un placer y orgullo saber que el turno es tuyo Que quizás mañana ya no llegues vivo a tu casa México CKUT, um, this is Free City Radio. Thanks for joining us. Um, really lucky to be now joined in studio by a crew, uh, uh, three guests um, who have been involved in a really important film screening on Monday at Concordia University that was hosted by Cinema Politica. Um, they were present at a film called They're Killing Us. Uh, it's a documentary film that looks at the struggles of human rights defenders, land defenders in Colombia, um, particularly Afro-Colombian and indigenous communities who have been facing state-backed violence uh, for many years. And the film particularly focuses on the period of time since the, um, the peace negotiations and how the power vacuum um, has affected uh, political realities on the ground. Um, so we're joined in studio by three guests, um, so I'm really honored to welcome uh, Daniel Bustos E. Chavali and uh, Emily Wright, uh, also Hector Marino Carabali Charupi, uh, who is visiting from Colombia. So first of all, um, I'll just say hi to all of you. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll start with our brother visiting from uh, Colombia. Good morning. Uh, welcome uh, here in the station. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so um, you spoke on Monday very passionately about the realities that you as an individual are facing in terms of uh, state-backed violence and the defense that you and your community have been uh, <coughs> waging for the rights of the land. Uh, why is this alarm important for us to hear? We're having a live in-studio translation um, with our brother um, visiting from Bogota, a uh, human rights defender uh, here uh, in studio uh, from, from Colombia. Bueno, okay. Muchas gracias por darme la posibilidad de dirigirme a través de este medio. Thank you very much for having um, me here today. Mm -hmm. Por su acogida acá como país, como pueblo canadiense. Agradecerles también porque pues han acogido muchos colombianos y colombianas acá en situaciones difíciles de nuestro país. I would like to thank you for receiving us in your country, in Canada today, and also for um, uh, receiving through political asylum a lot of our activists and human rights defenders that have been exiled because of their political activities. Bueno, con relación al ejercicio que hemos venido haciendo que tiene que ver con la defensa de la vida, el territorio y de nuestras poblaciones, no solamente los que estamos, sino también los que vendrán. Eh, es muy difícil en un contexto como el nuestro, eh, país que ha vivido eh, muchos años de, de guerra, en conflicto, tanto en la ciudad como en el campo. 
Um, so he's saying that it's been it's been a, the struggle's been a hard one. That a country that has lived so many so many years mm -hmm. of violence and um, displacements mm -hmm. and assassinations, um, and the fight is not just for the people who are here today, but those that will come in the future. Pero estamos convencidos que eh, pese a esas situaciones eh, difíciles, nuestro compromiso, nuestro legado es continuar. Eh, ejerciendo esa labor como defensores y defensoras de derechos humanos para permanecer, para resistir en, en contra de, de la represión. Um, and despite the challenges and despite the persecution, we feel that the, the work that we do as social leaders, and by social leaders he means um, community-based leaders, people who are protecting their community's rights in rural Colombia, that that is an important work and land defense against large extractive industries is an important fight to have. Y mientras no existan condiciones de dignidad para nuestra vida, favorables para nuestro pueblo, seguimos eh, continuamos en esa lucha, perviviendo. And until we have um, conditions to live with dignity, um, we will continue fighting. Así como nos lo enseñaron nuestros mayores y mayoras. Just like our elders have taught us. Um, in, in terms of um, the economic and political reality on the ground in, in your community. Um, there, the, the films, there was two films on Monday. One of them looked at the reality of palm oil and the ways that corporate palm oil plantations are uh, part of the machinery of displacement. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could speak to a few of the specific economic projects that through the sort of the banner of peace have been used to enable displacement. Um, again, we're in studio with um, both filmmaker and an activist from Colombia. Um, they were present at a film screening on Monday evening talking about sustained state-backed violence in Colombia and how it has affected uh, Afro-Colombian and indigenous communities. Bueno, te, tenemos que hablar que eh, Cauca es un, un departamento biodiverso, okay. multicultural, uh -huh. donde habitamos históricamente pueblos indígenas, uh -huh. pueblos afrodescendientes y también el pueblo campesino, producto del mestizaje. Particularly about my my department, which is a department called Cauca, and it's in southeast mm -hmm. Colombia. Um, and basically, um, that territory is occupied by Afro-descendant people, mm -hmm. indigenous people, mm -hmm. and campesino, which are peasant farmers. Mm -hmm. um, that is a result of the mestizaje mm -hmm. of the of all the cultural groups. Y que el conflicto ha radicado en nuestro país y específicamente en el departamento del Cauca por la lucha en la lucha en la lucha por la tierra. And the conflict has historically been in our department for the, the uh, fight over land. Encontramos entonces eh, tierra apta para la agricultura. So we find um, land that is um, prime agricultural land. Es una plana como heladera también. Eh, nos encontramos con los recursos naturales renovables y no renovables, uh -huh. eh, caso de, del oro, del carbón, plata, uranio, coltan. So we have renewable and non-renewable um, energy sources and minerals, we have gold, we have silver, uh -huh. we have uranium, we, yeah. 
Eh, en el caso de, del agua, eh, en la, el Cauca tiene la estrella fluvial, que es donde nacen los ríos más importantes del departamento, como el Cauca, Magdalena y Patía, que recorren de sur a norte el país. Por ese lado. Some of the most important rivers are also in Cauca. Eh, y así sucesivamente, territorio estratégico en términos de comunicación también para la zona donde estamos, porque uh -huh. tiene zona pacífica, que uh -huh. es zona de, se ubica el mar, eh, la zona oriente donde comunica con otros uh -huh. departamentos. Uh -huh. Lo recorre la vía panamericana, que pues, es gran importante para el país en términos económicos, no solamente para el país, sino para otros países también que es, eh, por ahí se transporta la carga uh -huh. de, de, uh -huh. hacia otros uh -huh. países también. Es un punto estratégico en el país porque se conecta a muchos diferentes departamentos. Y en los últimos tiempos, pues no podemos dejar de mencionar el crecimiento de los cultivos de uso ilícito en, en el departamento del Cauca, que son generadores también de conflicto. Uh -huh. So, and recently, um, we, we must not fail to mention that there has been a spike, there's been a rise mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the cultivation of illicit crops, namely um, marijuana, coca, and amapola. Mm -hmm. Entonces, to, todos estos eh, elementos se convierten de alguna manera en un caldo de cultivos y que de una u otra forma ponen en riesgo la estabilidad eh, de nuestra gente mm -hmm. en el territorio. So, all these elements have come together to destabilize our territory. Porque pues aquí tenemos que eh, mencionar también frente al tema de los recursos naturales y no renovables eh, un poco la codicia de transnacionales también uh -huh. para hacer presencia en nuestro territorio en lo que tiene que ver con el extractivismo. Y y pues alrededor de esto, todo lo que tiene que ver con la presencia mm -hmm. eh, de grupos armados al margen de la ley y también legales. Eh, mencionar el paramilitarismo, mm -hmm. las guerrillas, entre otros. And so, um, because of the presence of all these different resources mm -hmm. and the profits that come with it, mm -hmm. um, we cannot also fail to mention the the existence mm -hmm. of armed groups that are legal and both illegal. So illegally we have the, the guerrillas, we have mm -hmm. the paramilitary mm -hmm. groups, but the paramilitary groups are also attached to um, state, um, state groups mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. army also have uh, a lot of mm -hmm. human rights abuses. So in Canada today, Um, I'd like to talk about the film after this question. Um, in Canada today, uh, if we look at the mainstream media or even the center liberal media, there's a lot of celebration of the peace process um, as a very important moment in the history of Colombia, but also the history of Latin America. So we know that Canadian mining companies are very active in Colombia. And also there's a lot of economic investment in Colombia that is linked to land grabbing, that is linked to projects like palm oil plant plantations, if we're talking about investment funds, for example. So can you sound the alarm for people in Canada on, on, on why these issues are important? This is Free City Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. Uh, we're in studio with um, uh, Colombian human rights defender, Hector Mariano 
uh, Karabeli uh, Charupi, uh, who uh, has been working for many years in his community against the displacement of um, both peasant, Afro-Colombian, and indigenous communities. Um, and so he was present on Monday at the screening of Cinema Politica. Bueno, hay que mencionar que país que generación en generación ha vivido la agudización permanentemente del conflicto. En un principio, conflicto o guerra bipartidistas, pero luego ese tipo de conflicto se fue degenerando un poco, donde se agudizó. Y pues los más afectados de ese conflicto pues hemos sido las comunidades los que habitamos el territorio y Um, so, yeah. and we need to say that the the conflict has been going on for generations and generations yeah. and generations in Colombia. It started off as a bipartisan um, conflict between liberals and conservatives, and then it sort of broke down into a very bloody conflict. And obviously, those that were most affected were ethnic communities like yeah. the indigenous and Afro-descendant people. En ese orden de ideas, en el país eh, han habido eh, un sinnúmero de procesos de paz que han llegado al punto de instalar mesas y establecer eh, compromisos entre el gobierno nacional y en ese momento el, el grupo insurgente. Um, we've had a, um, a number of peace processes and peace accords. Um, we've got to the point of installing um, tables of like conventions of dialogue and having conversations about peace. Pero esos procesos de paz, en su gran mayoría, todos los ha incumplido el gobierno. And all of those former peace processes or beginnings of have always been, um, have not been, um, what's the word? Uh, sorry. Uh, have not, yeah, have not been, the government haven't um, done good on their promises. Eso profundizó las desconfianzas tanto en las insurgencias, guerrillas en este caso, y el mismo pueblo colombiano por su actitud digamos de traicionar en sí eh, esas confianzas que se ofrecieron por los grupos al de la ley pero también del pueblo colombiano que siempre ha anhelado la paz una salida negociada al conflicto so and because of this there has been a huge distrust in the communities yeah. on the government's ability yeah. to really implement peace eh, venimos de una negociación antes que esta de, de entre guerrilla y gobierno del presidente eh, Pastrana en el Caquetá, eh, donde se llegó a un punto, pero posterior a eso prácticamente las esperanzas del pueblo colombiano eh, volvieron a decaer por la actitud del gobierno frente a, a los compromisos que no se finiquitaron. Um, prior to this, we've had it, we had a peace um, agreement with the president Pastrana, and that again fell through. Luego viene un gobierno que niega eh, la existencia de un conflicto social armado en el país. Then we had a government that completely negated yeah. the, the existence of a conflict within our country. Y ya por último, eh, el presidente Santos asume, digamos, se da la pela por avanzar, eh, por generar confianza, en este caso con la guerrilla de FARC, y es donde se instalan los acuerdos en La Habana. El pueblo colombiano esperanzador, eh, efectivamente no, no la jugamos por apoyar a este presidente con esta actitud, digamos, un poco más abierta a la solución política y negociada al conflicto. Yeah. 
So, and then we had the government that arrived, that uh, sat down with the guerrilla groups and um, talked through peace. And we have the peace agreement that today has been signed and delivered. In this order of ideas, pues sale, el, se firma el acuerdo. Hay una eh, queda el compromiso de, de la implementación, efectivamente, de los acuerdos en los territorios. Sale eh, presidente Santos y asume en este caso el actual presidente Duque que en su momento cuando se definió eh, para refrendar los acuerdos el plebiscito estuvo en contra efectivamente de los mismos hoy le toca asumir a este gobierno and so um, after the government that implemented the peace that did the signing and they implemented the peace accords a new government came to power and this was a government that had previously campaigned against the peace agreement quite heavily y para resumir lo que vemos es que como colombianos sentimos y lo que miramos es que no se está cumpliendo en este caso la implementación del acuerdo tal cual quedó firmado. Eh, el conflicto sigue eh, permeando nuestros territorios, eh, nuestras comunidades, eh, se siguen presentando desplazamientos masivos, confinamiento en nuestras comunidades y violación sistemática de los derechos humanos. And so what we now see today is that the peace agreement is not being implemented in its totality. Changes are being made and the product of those changes is that the conflict is um, worsening again and in our communities we are seeing again displacements and um, a spike in violence. El mensaje que queremos dejar es que eh, el acuerdo, digamos, con todas las modificaciones que se le hicieron después del no, pues muy bonito quedó allí efectivamente, pero que el, el acuerdo tal cual, como se menciona, no está cumpliendo, no es que no está cumpliendo, no, el gobierno actual no está cumpliendo con su implementación y dejarle el mensaje a ustedes que el hecho que haya habido firma en el país no existe esa paz tan anhelada que históricamente hemos proclamado los colombianos y colombianas. So the message I would like to leave to you all is that peace is actually not a reality in our country. They've changed the peace agreement so much that um, and it is not being implemented by the government and so in the territory what we always hoped for which was a peaceful solution to the conflict is not a reality. Decir que este gobierno ha priorizado eh, la política minero-energética en el país a través de la famosa locomotora minera en el país y un tema de economía naranja. O sea, lo que vemos es que eh, nuestros recursos naturales y renovables y no renovables, eh, el gobierno los ha priorizado y los considera una mercancía donde todo se vende, todo se compra a costa de colocar en riesgo la vida de los habitantes del mismo planeta, medio ambiente, violando los derechos humanos sistemáticamente. Mm. And with the peace process and in certain areas opening up because of the peace process and the, the exit of the yeah. armed groups, yeah. um, our government has really pushed forward a, um, an extractive industry okay. policy yeah. and it has um, encouraged extractive industries yeah. to come into to the territory yeah. and at the detriment to what that, how that might affect okay. certain communities. Yeah. And as we know, uh, Canada has a significant mining role in Colombia. Um, mining Watch Canada has a whole page detailing that. So I'd encourage listeners to check out miningwatch.ca. They have a whole uh, detailed outline of Canadian mining companies and their activities in Colombia. Thank you, Hector. Um, so we are in studio also with uh, two artists and activists who helped bring together this documentary that was screened on Monday. Um, 
uh, Emily, thank you first for the translation, and Danielle, thank you for being here. Um, tell us about this film. It screened on Monday. It was a really powerful project. Um, uh, also, to have it screen with Hector uh, in 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 uh, in the hall. Um, how did this film to come together? It's sort of like a sort of like a summary film. Mm -hmm. There's story, but there's also like this urgency. There's a sense that we have to communicate to the world this story. Um, thank you for having us. Welcome. Um, and well, we started making the film in um, 2017. Mm -hmm. We'd all been covering the peace um, process, mm -hmm. um, the peace process which um, was signed in 2016 yeah. between the FARC and the Colombian government. And when we were covering the peace process, a lot of international folk, like media attention was on the FARC, this rebel group, um, and their demobilization. And at the same time, there was a very worrying trend in the territories. As the, the FARC and guerrilla groups left, mm -hmm. the social leaders, so these community leaders, activists, human rights defenders, who were... Um, who basically had the responsibility of implementing peace. I mean, peace falls on their shoulders. They were being murdered in very high numbers and no one was reporting on it. And we tried to sell this story to a number of international, international outlets and no one was interested. So we kind of took it on ourselves as a group to go down to Cauca and we got in touch with Hector Marino, who became a character in the film, yeah. and Feliciano Valencia, who's now um, the indigenous senator for, um, for Colombia. He's also a character in the film and we decided to follow their lives for um, for a few months overall it was various trips um, there was also another character in the film I think it's important to say this um, this woman called Brice de Ribeiro because there is a huge um, contingency of often invisibilized female social leaders and activists that face a lot of challenges and a lot of threats as well. Um, and we eventually had to remove her from the film because of the threats against her life. Um, Hector has a security scheme that's provided by the government. Um, Feliciano, the indigenous leader, has the indigenous guard, which is this fascinating self-protection resistance group. Um, but Briseida was by herself. She had a bulletproof vest and a phone that didn't work in an area without signal. So we focused on these three characters, filmed them, and then eventually, about a year later, um, published the results. Wow. Um, this idea of the vacuum uh, mm -hmm. of peace. I mean, the establishment of peace is obviously um, a struggle that has many angles. It's been many years in the making. Um, the way that it's reported in mainstream media outside of Colombia and also just generally in English is a very simplistic picture. Um, but can we focus in on the way that the sort of peace process and the removal of armed um, members of FARC or associates, their removal has left this v vacuum of violence because this is a story we don't hear a lot about and, and how that affects um, um, land defenders. So. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on that importance of that element of the story? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, 
what we noticed mm-hmm. in um, in the territories, the FARC have um, played a very interesting role. On mm-hmm. one hand, they've definitely had a mediatic war against them. They've been painted as narco-terrorists. They've committed a lot of the crimes that they have been accused. Yeah. But they also performed a really important function in a lot of territories as yeah. government. And um, and a lot of um, a lot of the very territories far from the urban centers saw them as their government mm-hmm. and and were actually worried when the FARC left what would happen. And what we see is Hannah Arendt, for example, talks a lot about this, that when there's absolute power, there's no violence. And as soon as that power breaks down, there's a um, there's suddenly violence between smaller groups to seize power again. And that's what we've seen. Yeah. The FARC moved out. The government didn't move quick enough to fill these territories. No one really knows why. I spoke to um, I, Adam Isaacson at WOLA, Washington Office on Latin American um, Affairs, last week and he said no one really knows why these the government didn't move in to fill these vacuums probably big interests because of the um, the resources in these areas a lot of money to be made there and they didn't and so other other smaller groups you have the ELN you have FARC dissidents you have paramilitary groups you have drug trafficking groups all moved in to try and take control of the illicit economies that are there and the mining that's there and what we've seen is a peak in um, in the assassination of social leaders because of it. Yeah, this was really the the focus of the screening on Monday was political killings. Um, so, if Canadian companies uh, continue their involvement, and as Mo- as mentioned, Mining Watch Canada has done some pretty serious work on documenting the um, uh, investments and operations of mining companies in Colombia. Um, Plus, the Canadian government has invested politically to some degree in the peace process. What's the responsibility of, of, of people who are represented, quote unquote, by the Canadian government to address these issues? And, and how has it been sharing this here in Canada? If I can do it in, in, in Spanish, it will be okay for me. Okay, welcome. Tenemos conocimiento de que en Canadá, Canadá tiene 28 empresas in Colombia operando in este momento. So um, Canada has <coughs> roughly um, 28 companies operating in Colombia at the moment. Cuatro de ellas están en el Cauca. Four of them are in Cauca, which is Hector's territory. Um, y hoy precisamente tenemos una reunión con Global Affairs Canada para hablar sobre este tema. And today we have a, we have a meeting with Global Affairs Canada to talk about this theme. Eh, lo que está pasando en Colombia es que pese a que ellos tienen acceso legal a, la, a los territorios eh, al lado de esto hay mucha gente que no tiene dinero o que no tiene acceso a sus trabajos y empiezan a hacer minería ilegal so even though um, these Canadian companies have legal access to the territories on the outskirts of these companies you have a lot of people who are illegally um, also yeah. extracting. Al lado de eso hay eh, una, un apoyo de grupos armados para que estas empresas puedan entrar a los territorios y eso significa eh, 
asesinatos, de desplazamientos. So even though it's not often acknowledged for these companies to go into the territories, there is sometimes the collusion with illegal armed groups which make it open the way for the companies to get there. That's not often acknowledged, but what it does mean is that there are assassinations and there's the displacement of people for these companies to exist in territory. Y, y no hay una... No hay un buen panorama para las comunidades que habitan estos territorios en este momento. Pese a que en Canadá haya un, un procurador para, internacional para mediar lo que hacen las empresas mineras en otros países, o pese a que Colombia y Canadá tengan un tratado, un acuerdo internacional para hacer un reporte anual de cómo, de cómo se comportan, no es suficiente. Um, and even though... Canada has a number of authorities and instances to monitor the, um, the human rights abuses and that there are agreements to each year do a human rights report. A lot of these instances of assassinations and displacements aren't being reported. Okay, that's it. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that. Good luck at your meeting today with Global Affairs Canada. Yeah. Um, and also thank you for coming into studio. Uh, it's been uh, really good to hear your perspectives. Um, if people want to get more information about your film project, where can they go? Um, well, we um, published the film on The Atlantic, which is a US-based um, publication, and also on El Espectador. It's also available online on YouTube. It's on Vimeo, on Tom Laffey, which is the other filmmaker, on his page. It's free for anyone to download, to project, to do what they want with it. It was always the point of the film was to get as much, um, kick up sure. as much um, as we could about the issue because there's not enough about it. And so, so people can can show it. Full name of the film? Um, so the full name of the film would be Nos Están Matando, They're Killing Us, mm -hmm. and um, yes, it's on Tom Laffey's Vimeo page. Wow. Emily Wright speaking to us just now. Uh, we also were joined by one of the fellow filmmakers, Daniel Bustos Echavari, Ech and also actor Marino uh, Carabali Charupi, uh, who is a human rights defender in Colombia. Thank you all so much for being in studio this morning. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Free City Radio on CKUT 90.3 FM. Tú nos dices que debemos sentarnos, pero las ideas solo pueden levantarnos, caminar, recorrer, no rendirse ni retroceder, ver, aprender cómo esponja absorbe. Nadie sobre todos, faltan todos, suman todos para todos, todo para nosotros. Soñamos en grande que se caiga el imperio, lo gritamos algo, no queda más remedio. Esto no es utopía, es alegre rebeldía del baile de los que sobran de la danza de mi amiga. Levantarnos para desollevar, ni África ni América Latina se suba. Un barro con casco con lápiz a patear el fiasco, provocar un social terremoto en este charco.
الوضع بده الرضع صار الوضع بده الردع لكل حكيت بتحرر مستوطنة بتلمت لكل وصوفة حكيت ألف كان ألف روح بالهدار الإعلام السلاحم طيب تبركوت أما لما ألمي هي دين برجع الواقع Come on. 